Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. Through the podcast and my signature coaching program, I teach women just like you how to ditch the body image issues, gain confidence, and lose the emotional weight to look and feel irresistible at any size. If you like this podcast, you're going to love my online group coaching program. If you want to learn more about it, including the investment, what's included, see real client testimonials, and to personally sign up and enroll to work with me, please head over to irresistibleicing.com slash course. That link is also in the show notes. Hey there, everyone. Oh my gosh, I feel like it has been forever since I have recorded an episode. It's almost been a month, believe it or not. Um, And I do apologize for the unannounced little podcast break. It's just there was a lot going on in May. We went on vacation for our niece's wedding down in Houston. And it was just crazy town, like leading up to that trip and trying to get everything prepared. And, you know, it's like when it rains, it pours and everything was just kind of hitting the fan. (laughs) And now that we're back... Uh, it's been a little bit more of the same. Both of my kids are sick. Chewy had some, some issues. He's good. Everybody's good. We're just, you know, working through all of that and trying to get on the men. So I am back. It is a brand new month. If you're listening in real time, it is June 1st, 2022. And I said, I just have so much on my mind about this episode that I actually started like drafting up in my brain on the airplane back to Virginia. (laughs) And I just, this is my happy place. I love podcasting. I love connecting with you guys and I miss it. And I want to get back in the groove of consistently getting out episodes. We're also going to get out the um, 10 pounds, 10 times series as well. I have some really good news to share with you guys about that coming up. And let's just get into it. So like I said, um, we recently flew down to Houston, Texas. Our niece got married, which was so awesome, so exciting. Wedding was beautiful. Our daughter was the flower girl. And coming back, you know how it is when you come back from vacation. (laughs) (laughs) and you're tired, you're just, you know, you've had such a good time, but you just want to get home, you want to get to your bed, you've been spending the time packing the the room and the bags, and you're just done, right? Like, you just have that moment of, like, I'm done, I want to go home, and so our last day um, was basically an all-day travel situation. We spent the entire morning packing up, um, checking out of the hotel, It started storming like crazy in Texas, getting to the airport, checking in, returning the car. Like there's so much to do. (laughs) It's like it's like a whole production just to get back home or wherever it is we're trying to go. Anyway, so at this point, you know, um, we're all tired. We're on the airplane and we were dreading this part, y'all, because on the way down, Javi's 18 months old. Okay, he has a limited ability to understand (laughs) right from wrong, yes and no, sit still, like that's not happening. And 
the first like 20 minutes of the takeoff, we were literally those people, the people that I used to curse out under my breath when I was like this little 25 year old little, you know, whatever, thinking I was the shit. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh my God, I am so sorry for that. Like what, it, it was just a whole mess. And on the way back, Frank and I both were like, oh my God, I'm not looking forward to this. I am dreading it. I hope this is not the same situation. Like, and it was uh, pretty irritating, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> uh, when we were, t- <laughs> because of the storms, okay, I promise I'm getting to the point here. Because of all the storms in Texas, like, we sat on the runway, I believe, like, an extra 25 to 30 minutes. And I'm like, if this plane don't take off, I'm like, y'all about to ruin, y'all about to expire my Benadryl dose and my milk that I've just given him. Okay. Like we need to take off so this kid can fall asleep because kids do really well falling asleep as the plane is going up. And it like completely blew all of it. It was just a whole hot mess. He was irritated. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was done. So I'm on the aisle and Frank, because we have the two and two seats, I'm on the aisle. Frank is on the aisle next to me. So we are literally like passing this kid back and forth every time he starts to get fidgety and 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 um, fussy. And we're just passing back and forth. We're trying all the things, the toys, the food, the snacks. I was tapped out of all the things, okay? So I've got him on my lap. And he's actually now starting to be pretty calm, right? He's starting to calm down. He's just sitting on my lap, looking out the window. I can tell he's getting a little bit, you know, sleepy or whatever. You know, we're just sitting on the airplane. We're not moving yet. Rain is coming down. And when I get on board, because it was me and Kat in that little row, and then Javi was on my lap because he's still under two. Whenever I get into my air, my, my seat, one of the first things I do after I start to put my stuff under the seat or whatever, I always put my seatbelt on so I don't have to worry about it again and just get that out of the way. He is sitting on my lap, right? So the flight attendant comes down the aisle and I see her stop and I see her look at me and say, um, yes, I just need to make sure your seatbelt is fastened. And I said, yeah, it is. I'm good. And I, not moving my child because like we have just survived like the 55th meltdown of the 25 minutes we've been on the plane. And he's just kind of sitting on my lap, like facing me. Right. And I said, yeah, yeah, I got my seatbelt on. I'm good. Right. And I had a really long like shirt on and that's on. And then he's sitting on top of me. So you can't see the seatbelt. Okay. And as soon as she said that to me, between the exhaustion, the irritation, the agitation, and all of the things, I got really annoyed, you guys. I got really annoyed. And it had nothing to do with the hobby situation. It had everything to do with, and my, I'm going to tell y'all, because this is what we're going to get into. The first place my brain went to is this bitch right here. She thinks I'm so fat that my seatbelt is not on. That's what she thinks. And in my head, I am like cursing her out, y'all. I mean, I am like going off inside my head. And I was like, I like roll my eyes so bad. Like not like after she had walked by and I know Frank saw me. He already know. He's like, oh, Lord. And, um, you know, so I'm sitting there, whatever, just in my head about some things. 
excuse me. Next thing I know, here comes flight attendant number two. And this bitch is like, um, we just, I can't see your seatbelt, so I need to make sure you're wearing it. And at this point, you guys, I can't even remember if Javi was still on my lap or not. I honestly don't know. I don't think he was. I think he had already expired past this little meltdown. I had passed him back to Frank. And I said, yes, I do have my seatbelt on. And I like flip my shirt up and I show her. And I just roll my eyes again. And in my head, I'm going, this bitch right here, she thinks I'm so fat that my seatbelt doesn't fit. And she's trying to see if they need to give me one of those like seatbelt extenders or whatever. All right. All right, y'all. Let's take a breath. Okay. This is what we got to unpack. We got to unpack this today. Because I, I was, I was hot. Okay. I was hot about this. And before I get into the kind of bringing this all together, when we got home at some point, Frank and I were chatting about the trip and this and that. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I saw that flight attendant, the one that asked you first about the seatbelt. He goes, I saw her go immediately. He goes, she immediately marched down the aisle and went right to the other flight attendant and said, I'm not sure if she has a seatbelt on or not. I think we need to go check something like that. And I said, oh yeah. I said, I knew they were starting some shit. I said, I was pissed. I was this, I was that. And he's just looking at me like, in his mind, okay, it's like they literally just couldn't see your seatbelt and they needed to make sure you had it on. But in my mind, the interpretation of that entire situation is so dramatically different. And it is so dramatically different because this for me is like a trauma response of things that have happened to me in the past. And so when we have these traumas in the past, especially around our weight and things that have been said to us that have been said to us, quite frankly, that are unnecessary to say, um, it can stir up that past trauma that comes out as a trauma response, such as me going, this bitch right here, who does she think she is? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just in my head going, like, I can't tell her off because I'm going to get kicked off the plane and then I got to drive 25 hours to go home. I don't think so. <laughs> so that's what I really want to unpack today and talk about is our trauma responses from being the fat girl, our trauma responses from being overweight. And not that I have to say this, but I do need to say this. At this point in time, I have no issue fitting in my seat. I have no issue fitting in an airplane seat. And this was a small plane. We're talking the two and two rows. So they're small. I have no issue sitting in my seat with the armrest down. And I'm not saying I have, you know, a foot of um, seatbelt left over, but I have a significant amount of seatbelt. And and me just, and this is another trauma response, I guess. I pull the shit out of that seatbelt. I'm like, look at me with my, <laughs> look at me with my extra seatbelt hanging down between my legs, <laughs> right? Like I'm going to show that shit off y'all. Um, well, I guess I didn't because they couldn't see it but anyway, because I say that to say, because I, in the past, in the past, I have been large enough to wear you know, we got hips and rolls and stuff spilling on over into Richard, the business uh, businessman sitting next to me and I'm like trying to suck everything in not to not to um, God knows we don't want to offend Richard with our fatness right and 
I've been in the situation where I've never needed one of those extenders, um, but I have been in the situation where I went to put the seat belt and your girl wasn't getting any slack. There was no slack to pull. So now, you know, I'm not as large as I was at one point. I'm definitely not small and I am not thin, but I'm proud of my, my seatbelt slack. We need to be proud of that seatbelt slack, okay? Like, I'm just saying. So anyway, and I'm like, this, in my mind, it's like this bitch thinks I'm so big that I, I haven't put my seatbelt on because it doesn't fit. And, you know, here's the thing. Was she thinking that? I don't know. None of us know the truth to that. Was she probably thinking this woman has a baby on her lap? I really need to make sure she has a seatbelt on so that in the case that something were to happen, she is secure to her seat and is able to hold her baby. Right? That is probably what she was doing. She was doing her job. And my initial reaction is a trauma response. You know, we talk on here all the time about the importance of breaking your rules, right? Recreating your story, um, reframing your thoughts and everything like that. And I've done a lot of hard work, a lot of therapy, a lot of coaching, a lot of just you know, personal development to be able to do those things. But it doesn't mean I'm finished. I don't think any of us are ever finished. And I think there's times where we think we have moved past something and then a situation like this happens and we are triggered and we have a trauma response and then we say, okay, how can I learn from that? How can I learn from that? Because here's the reality. If the woman, in fact, thought I was so wide and large and fat that I couldn't fit in my seatbelt, then that's what she thought. And that's not like, that's irrelevant to what I think about myself because I know the truth. And more than likely, she didn't think that because she works on an airplane every single day and she sees who can and cannot put their seatbelt on properly, okay? They get used to that. But for me, I was tired. I was irritable. I was like, this baby is about to just go off on all of you. Like, we need to get out of here. And why are you so worried about me? I don't see you worried about everybody else on this airplane. And the truth is, it's probably because I have a baby sitting on my lap. You literally can't see if my seatbelt's on or not. End of story. So... We really got to think about what are the triggers and the trauma responses that we are acting out on every single day. Because when you have, you know, been the quote unquote fat girl, you've been the overweight friend, you've been the fat friend, that has a lot of trauma attached to it. And I don't think people give themselves enough grace and enough credit to recognize that, right? Because trauma has a stigma around it that trauma only means, you know, really, really traumatic things. Murder, rape, shootings, stabbings, um, abuse, neglect. We don't think about the fact that trauma comes in many, many different forms. 
And when you are constantly playing scenes out in your head about what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, um, what your comeback is going to be if this person says X, Y, and Z, that is a trauma response. And I look at the difference between my husband and my husband's interpretation and my interpretation of what happened. And he's like, they were just being annoying and asking if your seatbelt fit. They were just, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, whatever. Like he didn't even think that way, right? Because he doesn't come with that same experience or that same trauma in his life like I do. So we have to be really careful and really aware of our thoughts. And I say that to you guys all the time that so often we use food and we use emotional eating to shy away from the inner thoughts. We use it to not have to listen to the inner fat bitch. When the truth is that inner fat bitch and that inner voice, it's a warning sign. It's like a check engine light. It's trying to tell you something. And if you would stop running away from it, stop being afraid to be alone with your thoughts, and if you would listen to it, then you can figure out what is it really trying to say. And the only way to reframe thoughts, to reframe traumas and all of those things is to address it in the first place. And if you've spent your whole life running away from it, not wanting to admit to yourself the reality of your situation, the reality of how you got here, you know, and, and the trauma that comes with being the fat girl is so, there's so many layers to this. There's so many layers. There's so many nuances. There's so many things about it that we just accept because we don't know any other way. We don't even realize that we're living this way. Because it's the only way you've ever known how to live. And, you know, trauma, re- trauma responses or trauma, um, you know, trauma response, they show up in lots of different ways. Anxieties, fears, avoidance, um, guilt, shame, anger, just depression, grief, like all these different emotions, you know, um, the thoughts that I was having in my head about, you know, this bitch is out to get me. She thinks I'm like, you know, this and that. Like, that's a trauma response. That's a story that I am choosing to create. It's a different story if she walked up to me and said, excuse me, ma'am, um, I really need to see if your seatbelt is on because we need to figure out if you need a seatbelt extender. Um, so if you could just show us that, that would be great. That would be okay, this bitch right here thinks this because she said that. Like, she didn't say that. And so we can interpret the way people come at us or the way people speak to us the way we sometimes are thinking about ourselves. And I believe for myself, there's still that trauma or that fear of, oh my God, what if I get on the airplane and I don't fit? What if I get on the airplane and I can't buckle the seatbelt and I have to like fake it and just like lay it across my stomach so that they don't notice? There's those fears. And even when we lose weight, right, this is where people get it wrong. They think if they lose all the weight, those thoughts and feelings and those traumas and those responses, they're automatically going to go away. And they don't go away unless you do the thought work that is required. 
This is why we see people that do their gastric bypass or they have their skin surgery or they have their mommy makeovers and their lipos and all this stuff or they naturally lose all the weight and they still think like the inner fat bitch. They still play out these scenarios ahead of time to avoid the potential trauma. Those things don't go away unless we work on them, right? And so no matter who you are, you know, you could perfectly sit in that seat, have a big old piece of slack hanging off your seatbelt, and you still feel the same way. But how people say things to you, you will interpret it the way you want to interpret it because it's how you're still thinking about yourself, You know, it's like when you've lost a good amount of weight and you look in the mirror or you take a picture and you don't recognize yourself because in your mind, um, you still think that, you know, you're the same weight that you were at your largest and you see the picture and you're like, oh, damn, that's really me. Like, I don't look like that. There's no way. Like, you still question it. And so I want us to just this week, this is the topic, right? It's, it's fat girl trauma. Let's address and let's call it what it is. Because I think another thing that happens when you have fat girl trauma is we don't want to admit that we are fat. We don't want to admit that we are overweight. We don't want to admit that we are plus size. Whatever the label is that you're choosing to use, You know, for years and years for me, just hearing the word fat was trauma because yes, it is an adjective. It is a word that is used to describe things, people, right? Or things. And the reason I had so much trauma and you guys know, y'all feel me on this, right? Is that that word has never been used towards me or towards another woman in a positive way. It has always been used to hurt me. It has always been used to try and bring me down. It has always been used to bully me. It has always been used to make me feel less than. It has never been used in a positive way. And the word fat girl, it's still, for me saying that phrase right now, it's still therapeutic to just take the power away from that phrase because for years, this, just the phrase fat girl, I couldn't even say it out of my mouth. I couldn't even hear it. It just, it, it, and I still, as I'm saying it, I, I say it more and more as a way to describe our situations and our traumas and also to take the power away from it because it's never been used in a positive way. It's always used to hurt us. And you know, when the people that are supposed to love you in your life use that word and that phrase as the only thing they have in their arsenal to hurt you, there's my point, okay? But we got to take the power out of that. And and so one of the things we have to do is we have to just be honest with ourselves in the first place. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know what? I am fat. I am overweight. And if I say that I'm fat or I say that I'm overweight, it is not, it does not translate to I'm a piece of shit, I'm a worthless piece of shit. I'm disgusting. I'm gross. I'm ugly. It doesn't equate to any of those things. It just is what it is, right? It just is what it is. And so I think one of these things with trauma, the fat girl trauma is just, 
you've got to stop running away from yourself. You have to stop running away from what you think and feel. And you have to tune in and you have to listen to it. Just because you think something doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you think, oh my God, I am so fat and disgusting, doesn't mean that that is true. Just because you think the flight attendant is checking your seatbelt because she thinks you're fat and disgusting, that is not true. That is not the truth. It is a thought. It is a story that you created based on your experiences. And that's not right and it's not wrong. And where you have to also, you know, put the brakes on is the guilt and the shame around all of that. You don't need to feel guilt and shame around any of it. What you do need to do is work on how to reduce the guilt and shame, how to change the narrative, how to change the story, and how to redirect your thoughts so that you stop having trauma responses to every little thing that happens. And you will have these moments, just like me, where you've put in this work. It's a, guys, this work is not one and done. It is a constant, just ongoing cycle of development. And you'll have a moment all of a sudden that you feel triggered. Tap into that. Figure it out. Work on it. Don't run away from it. You know, whatever happened to you has happened. We can't change that. Whatever has been said to you has been said to you. We cannot change that and we cannot change other people. What we can do is change how we move forward and how we reframe that. And that's what we got to work on. So we got to dig deeper into this. I might do some lives this week, either on Facebook or Instagram, because I want to talk more about this, you guys. I think it's just such an important topic. And we all come to the table with our fat girl trauma stories. Like I could, we could sit here all day and share stories. And that's fine. I think sharing stories actually is very empowering. I think when we share things and we take it out of the dark and we put it into the light, we don't give it as much power. It doesn't have power anymore when we start talking about it. And, and people that make fun of us or had things to say go, oh, oh, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. Oh my God. She's not ashamed that I called her fat. It's like, no, thank you. Have a good day. If that's all you can say to me, well, then I guess I'm doing something right in my life. I mean, I mean, really, if that's the only thing people can ever come at is, oh my God, you're so fat. Oh, you fat bitch. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> like, seriously. So let's keep this conversation going. I got a lot to say about it. I want to hear your stories. Let's talk about your fat girl trauma stories. Let's let's put it out there. Let's talk about it. Let's get inside the Facebook group. It's Irresistible You Podcast. Google it on Facebook. It's also linked in the show notes. Let's talk. Let's get down to it. Um, yeah, guys, this is going to be it. I'm going to come back um, later on with 10 pounds 10 times. We're going to get into that. I'm going to let you know how I've been doing, where I'm at, and where I'm headed. So, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I will catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay irresistible. Bye.